Hello, world. Hey. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hello. Hi. It's like I forgot not to say hello. <laughs> Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Life with Kaka. I'm your host and fellow producer, as always, Carolina Gropa. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome. A special hello to new listeners in Uganda and Chile. Damn, we fancy. How cool to have such an international audience and also, wow, how the heck did you find the show? Please hit me up on Insta and tell me. I am so glad you're here, but I'm also very curious. Before we dig into this week's episode, a quick shout out to inktip.com. Inktip is a service for producers to find great scripts and writers. I've used them before and I love their simple search engine. It allows you to find scripts based on genre, budget, etc. If you're looking for material, just want to connect with writers, give them a try. Totally free to register and use. And if you do use them, let me know. I'd love to hear about your experience. Okay. So, Britt Robertson and Wee Sam Keish are two faces you may immediately recognize. They have built impressive careers for themselves as actors, but they have been hungry. Hungry to explore the other sides of their creativity. This dynamic duo met on the set of Shondaland's For the People on ABC, which unfortunately only lasted two seasons. I have personally known Wee Sam for many years, and I have witnessed his relentless hustle, dedication, and commitment to his craft. He is truly a unique and inspiring oddball of an individual, and I am grateful to call him a friend. A side note slash shameless plug, Wee Sam also hosts a great podcast on iAdobe Radio called Wee Sam's World, and I got to be a guest last year. I'll include a link to that in the blog. Talent clearly runs in his family, so when his brother, William, who's a musician, wanted to make his first music video, he naturally hit Wee Sam up to direct, who then naturally hit up Brit to produce. This music video went on to become Wee Sam's directorial debut. Britt, on the other hand, has been working as an actor for almost 20 years. She admits to being a bit bored by acting recently and how producing has become a welcomed challenge. The hour I spent with Britt and Wee Sam truly showcases how supportive they are of each other and that they know how to have fun, even through the inevitable highs and lows of production, of life. And that's the stuff dreams are made of, if you ask me. So this week, we discuss going outside your comfort zone, the importance of preparation, and advice to actors who want to get into producing. If you're ready, let's hear from Britt and we Sam. Yeah, you won't be speaking out of turn um, by saying that he fully produced this music video. Okay, yeah. all right, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just making sure. No, for sure. Because I kind of look up to Britt. Okay, so let's take yeah. this to, to the beginning, yeah. which for right. the purposes of this, are we starting now? Yeah, we're starting. We're just we just go oh, right. Oh in shit! Okay, 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 we're in it. I will be good. Please be good. Um, okay. Tell our listeners how you guys met. Well, we Sam and I met on a show called For the People, and I remember when I met you. I remember the day because he was already cast. They had a a, a cast uh, when they did the pilot, and then I came on board yeah. the show after the fact once it had already been picked up to series. I remember meeting you for the first time. And I remember, actually, I just want to say this part because I think it's important and crucial um, to the dynamic that we hold here. So the first time I met you, I was like, oh, I don't get this guy. Like, I do not. Did I ever tell you this? <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So I'm getting an exclusive? Yeah, you're you totally. I the trades are going to go crazy. This. Okay, this is oh, awesome. So it's a hard thing to really articulate. But the first time I met you, I was like, oh, this is this is like one of those guys who like shows up and 
is sort of trying to be this person that isn't authentic. Like, I, I just thought everything you were bringing to the table, there was no way that it was, like, truly who you were. Like, there's no way he's, like... I forget what it was. You know, you came in like your, I think you had your toe shoes on and you were like going to work out. You just come from the mountain. It was like, oh, he's so put together. He has so much happening in his world. It's like clearly for show. I know. Is that make you sad? Uh, sad's not the right word. What's, what's the word? Yeah, what's the word? self-conscious, but I mean, uh, it's just who I am. It's nothing like I was faking it. Here's the thing. So because I was like a child actor, I've been doing this since I was a child. I walk into a room and immediately start putting people in boxes, which is like a terrible habit of mine. But I did that, uh, especially because I was the only real new person except for jazz in this dynamic of people who already know each other and already have like a, um, you know, an established relationship with each other. So I just started being like, okay, who can I like, who's my ally here? Like, who can I be friends with? And immediately I just put you in this box of like, nah, he's not true to himself he doesn't he hasn't figured it out yet but here's the thing we sam became this thing that i was so curious about by the by the end of that even that day i was like huh he's not the guy that i he's not he's not meant for the box that i tried to put him in and he truly is then you know over time i realized like oh no he's just like a super passionate really motivated guy who's like going to take charge of his life in in whatever way he can and there's all these thi- and that's why I became so fascinated by you and like legitimately obsessed at a certain point that I was like do you mind if I write a short for you to start <laughs> like it became next level wow um, but yeah so long story short we first met on the show I didn't quite know that we would uh, come so far and still be friends now even that the show's over but um you're the coolest, and I still don't even understand you entirely. But maybe mm, I, don't I don't think understand. anyone does. But that's part of the We Sam charm, right? Right. I love that. I love that yeah. mystery. So much mystery still to this day. <laughs> How does that make you feel hearing all of this? I just it makes me honestly happy because I like Britt a lot, mm. and she's. It'd be super... really awkward if you didn't like. I know. Recording Oof. this. Yeah. No, I I really enjoyed Britt when I first met you. I don't know the exact moments, but I remember saying a joke, throwing a joke out there. And my jokes are very specific type of humor. And she <laughs> laughed or something. And I thought, I was like, oh, cool, she gets me. And Jasmine, the same thing. I was like, oh, cool, they understand my humor. Yeah. I'm not going to feel weird saying weird things um, every now and then. But, uh, yeah, I feel great because I know Britt um, was super talented, was watching her act. And I was really impressed with the amount of preparation she was trying to put into the role. I was like, oh, thank God. Like, these are all real actors on set and mm. everything like that. It's, is that usually not the case? Not on every project, no. Mm. Especially with an ensemble, you get a real mixed bag. Yeah. yeah. Even with that show in particular, everyone had their own process. So whether that be like for the for the good or the bad or the ugly, you know, like everyone sort of had, they would show up with, you know, Susanna who was on the show had like the most sort of lengthy process, I would imagine, of everyone. And she would go into like details of human beings that were like, you know, in the background of a scene once upon a time. Like she was mm. very detailed. But then there would be some people like uh, reggae had an accent, you know, so yeah. he had all this other type of preparation that would happen. And everyone just had like their different sort of, and I'm, for me, this was like the most difficult show I had ever done It, for in terms of the, the dialogue and just not – I didn't go to college. So like trying to show up and be a lawyer every day was <laughs> Acting. a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean just figuring out what I was saying alone was like, yeah. uh, anyone? 
Um, but uh, yeah, so I think it's it's just a, it's a, it's different to know, um, or it's it's sometimes hard to understand what everyone's process is. But I I appreciate they they thought I was good at the acting. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I think you're really good too, dude. Yeah, and then our friendship blossomed. She yeah. she was saying stuff like. We should hang. Uh, we should like work out together. And th- whenever somebody says that to me, I-, I don't have like normal workouts because I'm a psycho, right? And I can't tell, do. Tell the listeners what you do, please. I like to run before the sun comes up in the morning, mm-hmm. about an hour, up one of the Griffith par- Park trails, so I can run up in the dark and see the sunrise, do my meditation and prayers. And it's very difficult. It's a little scary, and I like that. I like intense workouts to push me physically. And mentally, and I feel better afterwards. It gives me a little edge and kills my anxiety that I have. What's so, that anxiety? We're going to get to that. I'm very excited. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. And then when Britt was like, yeah, we should work out. I'm like, all right, we could do a, like a cardio yeah. workout. Was it the 100 floors? Was that the first time? Or oh, yeah, the, yeah, we did 100 flights. Yeah, flights on the Stairmaster. Yeah. As oh. fast as you can. That's like the goal. <laughs> And I wasn't really working out at that time, by the way. And I was just like, <laughs> so you just I, went into the deep end. I was trying to like get back into it, and I was like, okay, I just need a wop, you know, like a workout buddy. And I tried to saddle up next to this guy, and I was like, okay, yeah, I mean, this is like next level. I haven't done the hikes; I'm not like there yet. But if you can get me in a gym, I will like go until I pass out. But the hiking, the, you know, I don't have like a ton of, I'm not like super into cardio, mm. um, outdoor. Maybe I, that's my, I don't know. I'm going to stop there. No, she kills it. No, you're, you're being modest right now. She actually uh, kept up with me pretty well. Yeah. I was actually pleasantly surprised. And then she sometimes works out twice a day uh, when she's wow. really in the zone. And that's something extremely impressive. How do you do that? Asking for a friend. Uh, I'm the friend. <laughs> I only did it, I only started doing it really because... I'm such an all or nothing human being uh, mm. with everything that I do. And I was kind of terrified that if I stopped, I wouldn't start back. And so then I just started being like, okay, I want to do yoga once a week. I want to do a Pilates class once a week. I wanted to do yoga one, you know, or uh, hiking once a week. I want I to do all these things like once a week. I wanted to box. But then I was like, but I don't have time to do all these things. So I'm going <laughs> to have to double up, baby. So then that's. And so then how does how has that part of your personality the all or nothing lend itself then to producing in this first experience? It was your first time, right, producing this music video with We Sam? Well, funny enough, uh no. The first time was a a short that I produced that We Sam starred in. Um and that I did with my my friend Dave. He we co-directed it together and produced it. But it was I mean, we have some pretty great stories about uh, what a chaotic mess I yeah. created on that first go around. Mm. But for me, I think with the all or nothing or just in general with producing, the thing about it for me is I just once I get my mind set on something, then mm. it's hard for me to focus on anything else. And I think that's the one thing that the all or nothing really sort of lends itself to in a great way. And I can't figure anything out unless I just try to do it and yeah. then fall flat on my face and then figure it out from there. I'm I'm just way better at learning a skill if I do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and mess up a lot. Like, I'm right. really good at messing up. And then, well, know. and I, I think producing lends itself to that, and it attracts people who I think are cut from that cloth, where you're just going to be thrown into the fire, and you're going to figure shit out, and you're going to get it done, you know? And you're going to learn from every project. I think some of the best producers I've met, actually, were actors first, mm-hmm. were artists first, and they sort of understand 
the microcosm of the creative and then learn all the other hard skills and find a way to like do that to the best of their ability and you get a little bit better every single time. Yeah, I think in particular on on this project and even Little Fig, the first one that I did, finding people that I want to work with all day, every mm-hmm. day, you know, and collaborate with and people who elevate sort of my skill level um Mm. and want me to be uh you know they like i want to show up for him and i want to do a great job for him because i believe in the thing that he's doing Mm -hmm. and vice versa um and what's been cool about this is just finding all the people all the different people in the different departments who are the same way just elevating you know our game and and the storytelling aspect of it yeah so then you decided to direct this music video for your brother Right. And you reach out to Brit and you say, be my producer. Let's produce together. Kind of. We were actually just sitting down talking. And I remember that specifically. Like we, we were wanting something to do. Yeah. Brit shares that kind of antsiness that we get whenever we're not working so yeah. much. I got to yeah. be always doing something. Lo and behold, as soon as we decide to do this project, I get really busy. I start <laughs> working on good girls. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, okay. But uh, yeah, I asked uh, Brit. Uh, you know, can can you help me produce this? And what's awesome about Brit is she is this awesome counterpart to me where she does the stuff that I am not a skilled at currently and I do not want to do like in what? terms of producing. Uh, the paperwork side, yeah. the uh, finding out the rules with SAG, the uh, what else are we uh, going yeah, I mean, through? I a lot of it. And that's the stuff that Scheduling. I love. Like, I, yeah, like I love building a mm-hmm. call sheet. I love building a budget. I love doing a scheduling. I love finding out rules. I love dealing with caps. Mm. I love dealing with unions. <laughs> I love assembling a crew. I love all of that. Stuff. Yeah. And what we Sam's really great at is all of the sort of creative stuff. And he was, you know, because here's the thing. It's sort of, especially when you're producing something like this that's small and nobody's getting paid and you're just like, making something you kind of have to start like you know uh divvying up roles you know and like okay so you you're gonna talk with ryan the dp and then you guys are gonna figure out what equipment you're gonna want and then i will make sure that you get the equipment or we'll find the people who do have it or we'll find out what kind of things you need whether it be you know at one point we were thinking about like drones or do you want a green screen for this it's like all of that stuff yeah it was a big collaboration absolutely describing the work relationship between Brit and I, the best way I can do it or explain it is this. She offers me and, and, and shows me the parameters, the the borders, the limits of what we can do. And I thrive on that structure and mm. working within those parameters. And that's where I find my creativity blossoms, actually, whenever we're, we actually have some constricting sections. Yes. And it's funny because if it was more open-ended... I wouldn't be, I feel like I wouldn't be as creative. And that's why I think for any producers out there listening, if you're on a tight budget, that's awesome. Work within those constraints. Yeah. Let, that, you know, you're up against the ropes. Let's see what you got now. The underdog. I like that kind of mentality. That's where I feel the most creative side comes out of me. And we just mesh well, you know, yeah. and we communicate very well, I feel like. Yes. One of my favorite moments that we had on the shoot was, um, because I, <laughs> um, 
I like sort of uh, protecting people, you know. And we had we had a minor on on our set, so she was she was like I think she'd graduated from school, so we didn't need like a tutor or anything mm-hmm. like that. But there were some you know certain things, and you just want to be respectful of like taking advantage of someone who's giving their time, and you know. And her dad was there, and so everyone was protected. But I especially wanted to make sure that she was you know getting lunch and getting snacks, and she had everything she needed, and she felt comfortable with the hair and makeup people in the wardrobe. I mean. This girl was amazing. I I haven't worked with a 17-year-old that was that professional and like showed up. Indiana Masara was her name. Absolutely. Um, and she was really, really good. But he would come to me and he'd be like, okay, this is what I want. I'd be like, okay. But I need her to have like, you know, a 30-minute break so she can just like sit down and we're not, you know, moving her from location to location to location mm-hmm. so that she's like in the right headspace. I just wanted to make sure that everybody was protected in the situation. And we, Sam, would come to me and be like, this is what I want. This is how I need to get it. You know, I want to be on the beach by 442. So whatever that means, whatever you need to make happen, then that that's all that I want. So he would tell me what, uh, what he wanted from me and then I would try to facilitate with everything. I love that dynamic dynamic a little bit of of knowing what you needed and then how to like make it happen within the confines of like yeah. the production and making sure that everyone was safe and comfortable and i feel like we did that 100 percent. there's a, oh, oh but sorry but the one moment that i did love was when we were all we were sort of trying to get one specific beat with your brother and it was right when indiana was showing up and everybody was like having a good time and like hanging out and he was like okay we're going to need quiet on the set. Can you like usher everybody out? And I was like, I can do that. I can <laughs> yeah. do that for you. And I moved everybody out here and I was like, okay, I just gave him exactly what he wanted. And yeah. it's so simple, but it's like so rewarding, you know? Yeah. It's all about those moments that accumulate throughout the day that just make me want to keep doing it. Well, I find it interesting that as actors primarily, when you both seem to have stepped into producing, it has not been so much with the focus to create work for yourselves and perhaps that's because you are both consistently working maybe if that wasn't the case you would go be in the shorter star in the music video and also want to direct it and stuff and I'm curious having been the paint so to speak for so long right being on the other side waiting the ADs running the set and like oftentimes maybe in the beginning not really knowing what was going on in the world of the set and now stepping into this other world where you get to be the painter in a way, how that has informed your process as an actor, if at all, like how that's maybe changed or elevated the way you perceive your role as an actor now that when you step back on a set environment within the team, now that you've been on that other side. Not much, to be honest with you. It's Mm. more influenced now, more of the director perspective, especially Mm. on projects. One of the biggest advantages I thought that we had during this music video, we had a month and a half of pre-production. So there was so much time. And that allowed me to be very precise and clear with literally every single shot, which when it came time to shoot, thank God we had, I was very specific and this is what we're doing. This is the shot list. Super, super clear. The things I didn't account for were the stuff I take for granted as, I took for granted as a director, directing, um, my brother because he is not an actor so for instance out there i would have felt so stupid telling another professional actor hey keep acting until i say cut <laughs> do you know what i mean like if a director told me that i'd be like no shit <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah duh but my brother he doesn't have that professional acting experience at all so sometimes we'd be like, okay, we just need to get the shot of this 
like you just crossing frame. Okay. <laughs> and he crosses frame, but we still, we're still shooting. Right. And he'll just walk right back in. And he's like, do we get it? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and so I have to, it, it struck me. I was like, Oh my goodness. Now I have to find a new way to communicate with the, mm-hmm. with my brother yeah. and also on a professional level because a I love my brother to death okay and we give each other a hard time all the time but there's always love and respect there and he's super talented but now I have to be like oh I can't just go idiot what are you doing you know yeah. like if we're just by ourselves right, you can't have that dynamic right right, right. so to... I'd be like hey wait till I say cut and then you get across <laughs> back, back. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? yeah but no he killed it and it was his first time doing that and uh, I. I appreciate actors now who can handle multiple things at once, which you know how technical acting can be sometimes. You're on a set and you have to hit your mark. You have to make sure you raise your glass at this point because they're doing a special shot and the camera's moving and you have to wait the camera's on you and then you say your line, right? And then you have to act like you heard somebody from there. That's all one take. So you're doing like, you're trying to remember a billion different things at once. And so my brother's trying to like play these drums and he thinks he has to match it to the beat. And I'm like, no, 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 dude, we don't, and you don't need to play the bass drum because we don't even see it. And he's like, oh yeah, that's right. And so it's like little things like that how to communicate with your actors who are not maybe as experienced. And that's that's one of the biggest takeaways. Yeah, I think, you know, the, it's funny hearing you say that. Um, it just reminds me of, like, why I decided I wanted to produce um, – in in the in the very beginning, I mean, I think it was probably a few years ago that I did. I was like, you know what, I think I would love is producing, but it's actually on for the people where we met when I met Mary Howard, who is the line. I've interviewed her. You have, yes, she's amazing. Her right? her interview will come out soon. Oh, I love Mary Mary Howard. For me, because I love line producing, sort of like, or, you know, like being a UPM, like those kind of things to me are more, I'm not like a creative producer necessarily. That is so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care about that so much. Yeah. Um, Which is why it's nice to have someone like we, Sam, because he does care about that stuff. Yeah. I I love, like, I love putting the pieces together. Like, I love building something. I love creating something in that way, but Mm -hmm. just not, like, the storytelling aspect of it. Because I'm someone who, like, you know, just, I just don't care about details like that. It's why I'm a bad director. It's why I'm not a great actor in some instances. I try really hard, but... The thing for me is I just uh, I I'm I'm way more about assembling the pieces. But going back to my point was that when I first decided I wanted to be I wanted to go into producing was when I realized I would be on a set and I was thinking more about everyone else's job than my own. You know, when I was thinking about which is not good habits, but it's something to you know be aware of as as just a as an actor but I was taking it to the next level like it would be like the sound guy who would come up to me and he'd be like do you mind just like not crossing your arms on that line and you know and normally an actor would be like well no actually that's like a choice that I made for this moment because it's a body language thing that I'm trying to communicate and I'd be like oh yeah sure no problem bro or there'd be like you know he'd come up and be like do you mind not putting your cup down in the middle of the scene I'd be like oh you know I am way more um, interested in everybody else's role that they play. Far, I'm far more interested in those jobs than I am, like, the acting. Maybe, again, because I've just been doing it for so long, I'm, like, bored by it at this point. Mm. But, um, but that's the thing with this project was I realized, uh, like, 
it's it's easy for me to do this job now because it just comes naturally to me. You know, yeah. I am taking in consideration like the costume designer and the hair and makeup and um and I'm thinking about, you know, the sound or in this case there wasn't really a sound issue that we had to think about, but you know, we're thinking about like set design and all of these other like all of these other aspects of the storytelling process. I'm I'm far more concerned with those things and it really it's it's nice in this instance because I, I get to use that as a tool and it's yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah no no i like i appreciate that side of it so much because it's so nice having a partner in crime who handles your weak points do you know does what i mean that make sense though does that seem silly no, no it's it's really i personally find it really interesting and unexpected because my perception of, of a lot of Actors, people who start as actors first and get into the producing side of things generally want to be on the creative side of producing. They want to be finding the scripts and putting it together. And maybe they get to a place where they have enough money and contacts with other actors of a certain stature where they can get somebody attached and they just become a producer by name. And they aren't really involved with the day to day nitty gritty of actually producing a movie or a thing. And part of why I wanted to start this podcast is because there are so many types of producers that all have important roles at different moments in time of anything's life that I think it's important to validate that all parts of that are important, right? So without a person who is the creative, who does create the sandbox for which you can play in, like you don't have a job to do. So it all lends itself to, to the other thing. And so I find it really interesting. And I, I remember when I first started producing, because I, I was an actor. I guess I could say I'm still an actor, though I haven't really stretched that in a while. But that's for my therapist. So, like, I, I you know, I had started producing on my own and just, like, was doing it. I, I didn't know what I was doing, really. I was just figuring it out. I was just like, I don't know. But it can't be that difficult. I'm going to figure it out, right? But it wasn't until I had been producing a, a enough things that I then booked a commercial and I got on, back on set just as an actor. And it felt so foreign to go from being the person who knew everything that was happening and what time the trucks are going to get there and what time the trailers are going to land. And okay, you know, like all of the world that exists before an actor steps on set to go to hair and makeup and start their day. And I've, I had been a part of that world for so long. And so when I stepped on this set, I felt so empowered as an actor because I thought, I know Every single thing that's happening on this set, not the political nitty gritty stuff, but I know everybody's jobs. I know the the sort of energy flow of when things are good. And I know if I'm on camera, I can't be at monitor. I don't know what's happening at monitor, but I know that when they tell me to pause and they're discussing notes and the note comes back from the AD, I know the conversations that are happening in that room because I've been in that room. And so I have more confidence as an actor to hit my line, you know, to just kind of hit it and not really, at least this was my experience because I had never really been on professional sets before. So I used to get very overwhelmed by the sheer amount of people and what they were all doing and everybody's looking at you. And, and you start to learn that none of that stuff really is about you. Like the focus puller doesn't care about your performance. He just wants to make sure it's in focus, you know? And so it was a really... Um, empowering feeling for me to go like I love this newfound sort of uh, realization that I can now step on a set and no matter what role I'm playing I feel empowered that I've done like all of these kind of jobs and I understand the nuances of it you know Um, and so that's what it was like for me and so 
when I started producing, it was to create opportunities for myself as an actor. And then the door sort of started opening and the path unfolded in a very, um, I'm very grateful for the way it's unfolded. You know, I've been a part of incredible projects, but, but yes, but sort of long story short to my point is that I, I like to be so interested in the nitty gritty of it. To me, that's quite fascinating because I don't, I haven't met many other people who that, that was their in into it, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, I mean, I think for a long time I've been trying to figure out a way to, uh, be a storyteller without acting because I go through really gnarly phases where I just have no interest or motivation to act at all, Mm. or there's just nothing that's like exciting me or inspiring me or. And so for a long time, I've been trying to figure out like, okay, well, then what's another way I can contribute, you know? Yeah. And I thought it was going to be directing. And then I realized like, oh, no, I'm 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 a terrible director. I understand the job of a director and I get that. Um, but it's not what my skill set is uh, is made for, really. Yeah. And and even the thing with like you know, having a, uh, having this sort of experience where I do get to take on this role that I am more interested in this, like sort of, um, producing world that I've been dipping my toe into. We actually, we started working on the music video while I was shooting something in Nova Scotia. And I remember I was working on just stuff that we, Sam and I would talk about over the phone. And then I would go on to a set where I had to be acting and I would ask the director, like, okay, well, are you going to be shooting this handheld or how, what's the frame? Am I going to, do we need to be like, do I need to be sort of like smaller with the performance because are you looking for this sort of thing? And I would ask all of these like very technical questions and he would get so frustrated with me and he'd be like, you don't need to worry about that. Why are you worried about all these things? And he would get very frustrated about me worrying about anything other than just acting in the scene. And I get that. I totally get it. And if I was him, I'd be like, yeah, stop it. That's my job. Um, but it, it it really just proves its point to me over and over and over again, which is that, like, I don't know that I'm going to be acting forever. I think, yeah. I've gotta, I think I've got to live in this world somewhere, somehow, yeah. at some point. Mm. I don't know. Very interesting. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Will you guys def- – I haven't asked this yet. So will you define producer – for me, it's it's uh, like assembling, building a team um, to tell a story, you know, and it's it's putting the pieces together. That's how I always describe it. Like I, I like as- assembling. It's like I'm putting the Monopoly board game together, and then at the end of it, we'll all get to play and sort of capture it and see what happens. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Producing. Yes. For me is the creative force behind the foundation of the project. (sighs) So succinct. Yeah. He's a smart man. He is a smart man. I'm so smart. Yeah. I'm like, like the smartest person. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's the beanie. Maybe it's, that's the thing. It just screams film. Yeah. It really, it really does. It screams like independent filmmaker. (laughs) It screams for me, someone who doesn't want to deal with my luscious hair every morning. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Keep it back on. Oh, this isn't videotape? No. Oh, well then what are we doing this for? (laughs) Just for my own ple- pleasure. Um, what is producing? How do you how do you define it? Oh, no one's ever turned that around on me. Back before. to you, baby. Oh, I, nope. I uh, to me, d- producing is 
it comes in all shades. And I think you're an executor at its core and you're getting That's all good. yeah you're you're just a person executing and so sometimes you're executing notes on a script or executing a deal or you're executing hiring assembling a team or you're executing having to fire someone like it just has so many shades and it all depends on what role you play on a specific project and it changes and it morphs depending on various variables um and so i think it's it's that is like it's a leader who executes and who can essentially like you're not driving the ship. You don't drive a ship. You steer a ship. You're not you, you're not steering the ship, but you're the co-captain. You know what I mean? You're there by the, the side of the director the whole time, making sure you're going where you need to go. And that's at its core how I what I think it means. There's a, a, a um, responsibility we have as producers to create an experience for our collaborators because I call my crew collaborators. I don't think anyone's job is less important than I don't think like even the PA who's a runner, like everything is connected in some way. Being a person who can lead the troops, but also do it from a place of integrity and kindness and still keeping people on time, on track, on budget. Like I think that's the ultimate goal. And so for me, when someone steps on one of my sets and they, they say, well, this is such a good vibe here. Like everything's just happening. It's all getting done. We're not saving lives. There is there is a sense of urgency, but there's also a sense of reality to what we're doing. And everybody just has a great attitude about it all. And I think that's like what, like what you were saying, the hand selecting of the right people to put together in a room to create, to play the game. Otherwise, if you have the wrong people playing Monopoly, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, nobody wants to watch that game. Nobody wants to watch game. that game, <laughs> right? Game. So it's finding the right partners and that just takes time. Producing is just scene work. It's no different than acting. The only difference is you're, you're playing yourself. But I have a goal. I need to get something from you. And I'm going to try this tactic. Oh, this doesn't work. Okay, I'm going to try this tactic. And the communication tool I use to communicate with Brit is going to have to be different with how I communicate with you. I may have to be more stern with you to get what I want from you, to, to collaborate Definitely. with you, because that's what you require. So it's like reading people and understanding that is your greatest, I think, asset as a producer. Because like I said, the hard skills, all of that stuff can be learned. And it's always changing, like union rules and all of that sort of nitty gritty stuff is just, to me, the the smallest part of the whole. And I think Mary Howard being a great example, I have never worked with her, but just having interviewed her and me being doing this as long as I have, I know the kind of producer she is. And I can see that just from the way she talks about her work. She's so good. She's right? so good. Exactly. So, like, but you can you can tell that based on all of these things about just her per, her who she is as a human yeah. navigating this planet. Oh, yeah. And that's just a judgment of character and you just I think as as actors who are trained to study people, you just pick up on this stuff and it makes you better at assembling hundreds of people who are all, you know, different wavelengths and all of that stuff. Yeah. So that's how I define it. That's really good. I Thanks. like that a lot. One of the first shows I did, I think, no, uh, I was 18. I did this show called Life Unexpected. And the lady who played my mom, her name is Sherry Appleby. And she later went on to produce as well and um, and direct. And I lived with her for the first season of the show. And I remember she taught me this thing because I really looked up to her. She was, I think, like 30, 31 at the time that we were shooting and, and I really looked up to her because she had been doing it for a long time and was, you know, seemed really comfortable on a set, but very assertive, always very assertive, never rude, always respectful, but was really good at communicating 
everything. And I remember she came up to me one day and she was like, she had just, you know, put out some fire or something. And she came up to me and we were watching sort of the madness unfold in front of us. And she goes, do you know what that is? And I said, what? And she goes, that's called crime fighting. And I was like, what's called crime fighting? She was like, I just put out that fire. That's crime fighting. (laughs) And you're going to be my little mini crime fighter. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And I've taken that on to every show that I've been on ever since then because I love this idea that like sometimes, and, and it's true, I've watched it happen everywhere I go. Like this happened to me recently on a movie where I had a three and a half hour prosthetic that they put on me and they had to like usher me and I was blind, couldn't hear anything. They had to like put me into this little space. And I remember that um, in this scene, I was supposed to have uh, like a bruise on my lip. And I just had remembered that nobody put this bruise on my lip. And we we're about to shoot. They're like, roll sound. And I just said out loud, couldn't see anything, whatever. Did Elizabeth get to step in to put the bruise on my lip to match the other scene. And I couldn't see anything again here, nothing. But I could feel like the madness around me just then. And mm-hmm. then I just start feeling somebody like putting stuff on my lip. And then all of a sudden, you know, like and they're like, okay, let's, let's go. And I was like, that's crime fighting. Like that is how, you know, something needs to be done and you like make it happen. And that's like, those moments to me are the most fun because it is like the core of collaboration it's not like i'm crossing bound you know like union sort of rules or boundaries it's just like talking things out and making things happen and um and sometimes that is the gig of a producer like you're just side by side with you know whoever you're trying to make this for and whoever's dream you're trying to like make come to life and uh you're just putting out fires yeah like you know the little Mm -hmm. crime fighter that could I don't know why I told that story, but I it's do, a great I, it's I a great story. Yeah. It's a great story. Do you guys think that are there misconceptions that others have? You think of producers, or maybe that you had before you stepped into this side of things? Misconceptions. Misconceptions of sorry, misconceptions of of what exactly of producing? of producers of what what your role would be maybe. I think sometimes there can be a uh, stereotype. Of what a producer is. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. for sure. So, I've I've definitely noticed that my all my years, even before I was producing, just as an actor, there is a certain um, caricature of a producer that mm. some people have to put on, and I don't really understand. Interesting. It. No, not for me, because I've seen all a range of kind of producers in terms of attitudes, uh, skill, quality, yeah. and that's uh, and like personality traits, whatever. But the most important thing is skill. Yeah. And and proper. <laughs> Uh, in uh, callbacks or screen testings, most of it has been positive, but it's really interesting when there are a lot of cooks in the kitchen, a lot of producers, and everybody's giving you their little bit of direction during the scene. I was in one specific room. I will not mention, obviously, Do the, it. the project, but there was probably <laughs> like f- at least five different people giving me five somewhat different add-ons to this performance <laughs> and i was at the end of it i was like who's directing this like in my mind you know and i'm like mm. are who am i supposed to listen to at this point so yeah i don't know not for me but overall you'll see people I, i've had this experience where you'll see certain people um have to lend their two cents to justify their existence but the thing yes about, uh. <laughs> you know the thing about making small stuff like uh the music video 
for William or Little Fig is there's no, I mean, it's it's us or bust. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you have to kind of, you have to do the job and get it done because otherwise there's no one else doing it. And at a certain point, you're doing so much of the job, you don't really have to justify being there because, mm-hmm. you know, no one would be there if it weren't for you. So I, I don't have... Um, I, I, yeah, that just hasn't been my experience because it's very, it's been very small, all the productions that I've, you know, the two productions yeah, that yeah. I've worked on, but, um, I don't even know if that really answers your questions, but what are they? What are these misconceptions? Well, it's, it's, uh, that producers have the money, you know, keep the money, make the money. Like that's, and I'm speaking particularly of feature films You're when i financing producer finance well like, just in general like if there's a producer on set at monitor that everyone tends to have a conception misconception crew included that's the guy who comes in with his coffee cup and sits at monitor for an hour and leaves and that they make you know that they're all making the money or that the producers who just sit at village all day aren't doing anything you know they're just not contributing um and oh. There's this misconception and and oftentimes it's and I'm speaking particularly again about independent film because that's the world I know really well and maybe television is completely different. I've never worked in the TV space, traditional television space, but but like I said, there are so many different types of producers who are contributing different things. And so there are some producers who are more creative producers and they've been a part of getting the financing and getting the cast and making the deals and they are sitting on set because they're responsible to a financier who can't or doesn't want to be there. So their job is to literally watch every single thing that's happening, make sure it's in line with what everybody wants from a producing standpoint. But sometimes that same producer who's sitting all day is quite different from your UPM who's running around like a chicken with, with her head cut off running set and just probably, you know, problem solving and the generators run out of fuel and we got to communicate that to transport all of that stuff. Um, there's just very different, types of producing so no one is saying that the person who's sitting at the chair all day is like point worthless because without that person no one on set has a job right but there has been this conception and i and i know this because i've heard murmurs in my own journey of like crew being like you know under their breath being like well this person just sits and there's nothing all day and so it creates this yeah for sure And, and i think coming up at it from the other side, like I've just seen and heard very different conversations. So I find, I find it interesting. And so I was just curious if you guys had had any experiences like that or any thoughts of your own. I think, well, I, I will say, and it's probably similar to what we were speaking about before. A lot of people think when I say like, oh, you know, I really want to try my hand at producing. People think like, oh, you want to go the creative route or you just want to put your name right. on something yeah. or you want to make something for yourself to star in. Exactly. People, Mm-hmm. A lot of times we'll assume that. Um, uh, so that does make sense. But for me, it's always um, it's just always been a, a means to to figure out a way to to stay participating in the game of of storytelling while not being the one who's telling the story. Yeah, directly. <laughs> so you think you'll slowly transition away from acting into more of a producing capacity? Well, at this point in time i don't think i've made one single dollar from producing so i don't know <laughs> welcome that that, to the club <laughs> exactly I, by the way i also don't know any producers who do um, yeah but uh i mean i know a few but um but i think yeah eventually that would be the goal if i could like still afford my mortgage um but i think i'll probably have to do a little bit of both you know just to make sure that my dogs can eat yeah i mean it would be interesting because you once you start growing as a producer you may be able to find more things that are interesting to you as an actor and maybe it reinvigorates 
whatever inside you that maybe feels bored by it all. Yeah, I think yeah. that that will be the case for me, especially in my mind when the stakes are higher, you know, mm-hmm. if, if it is something I'm producing and I've got my name on it and I've invested time into the story and really care about the people who I've um, brought on to 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 be a part of, of whatever it is. I think, yeah, maybe when the, like even for, for we, Sam, and for William, I care about them so much and I wanted it to be just like the best version yeah. of whatever, so... Oh, sorry, that's my phone. Um, so I didn't even hear it. Oh. Stakes are like. Oh, now I heard there it. There it is. Oh my God, I'm sorry, guys. Okay. Um, yeah. So when the, maybe when the stakes are higher, it'll somehow like revive me. I, I, I don't know. I, I know for this project, the not only I was doing this not just for myself. You know, it's for my brother. It's his first music video yeah. coming out, and also. I'm working with Brit here, you know, she's not just a friend, but my fellow colleague. I don't want to let her down and be like, oh my God, working with Wee Sam, he was so unprepared, so unprofessional, yeah. all this stuff. That to me is a freaking nightmare because this is my craft and my 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 main career, you know, and I would hate for my reputation to be someone who's unprepared, uh, lazy, and doesn't do doesn't put out good work. You yeah. know, that's like a nightmare scenario for me. Yeah. I wanted to make this project because of who I was working with the the best it could possibly be and have people excited for the potential of possibly working with us in the future. Also, I want people leaving the shoot going, man, that was so much fun. Or that, you know, that, that was amazing. Yeah. I've never had that much fun on a set before. Oh, I can't wait to see it. That is the best feeling leaving a shoot, I feel like. And um, I feel like we did it with this. And I hope in the future we can do a TV show together, like produce it ourselves, you know. Or We've got some great ideas. Yeah. I'm sure you can. Why not? And I'll be honest with you. I know this sounds kind of ridiculous, but directing this music video and doing part of the producing side of it, I feel very confident in directing an episode of television. Totally. Well, can I just say, we Sam was so prepared for this. He was even prepared for things that he couldn't have prepared for, if that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Some stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like there, because on a set, you can only do so much. I mean, you don't know what you don't know. Right. Exactly. Controlled chaos. Exactly. But even, I mean, there would be things that would happen that I felt like you had an answer for already in the back of your mind. Like anything that would come your way, you were still prepared for because he was just so... He just understood exactly what this music video was going to look like in his mind. He had it edited it already and had everybody on board with that vision. So trying to make it come to life was so easy because you were able to make adjustments based on the the story that you had already planned in your in your mind. Like you were just across the board so prepared and so like he was just the best energy as a director. I mm. always want to work for you. You know, mm. he was like had really good energy, like motivated everyone, kept yeah. everybody excited to be there, and kept everybody kind of on the same page. Um, but just like you behind a monitor with like your hand going and like scream, you know, not screaming, but just like had your yeah of, enthusiastic. It's like, really yeah. intense sometimes. It's yeah, like great, you know. Yeah. Well, that's what you hope all the time, but and that's the, like one of the faux pas is that to be a leader, whether it is a director or as a producer, that you have to lead your troops from a place of fear, 
right? Totally. Like that is not how creativity blossoms. Like it's got to come from a place of love. It's got to come from a place of enthusiasm. And if everybody's like at hour 16 and they're so fucking tired, but the guys at the top are like, let's go guys. Like we got this, you know, it really, it's inf- infectious in all the best ways. And that's what it is. You're corralling people all the time to get to the finish line and you can't get there alone. There's, there's a cool story I would like to tell. And I don't think I've ever told this story before. Oh, no. It's a, it's a good one. So that kind of energy, you know, at the monitor of mm-hmm. like kind of manip- I don't want to say manipulating because it, it implies a bad thing, but like controlling or, mm-hmm. or, or, or ha- guiding the performance. Directing, perhaps, <laughs> would be a word? Maybe. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But it's, yeah. it's a fine line, I feel sure. like directing is because insert it you, again it depends on the situation sometimes you really have to be in control if it's really technical or whatever but sometimes you've got to play this controlled chaos kind of thing and let the performer do his organic or her organic thing without you know pushing too much so one of the first times i enjoyed actually like coaching or teaching i realized was during taekwondo william was in a uh, like a we were in doing a tournament in Oklahoma, and uh, this just popped into my head. I just totally forgot about this until now. He was sparring with this dude who was way bigger than him, and this is before William had his growth spurt. He's like six one or six two, <laughs> William, and um, I knew William was good, but he was very nervous fighting this guy. And there was only two rounds for this and after the first round he was getting pushed around a little bit the guy was using his weight and i remember just like like telling him something to the effect of like you are a lion you know what i mean and getting him so pumped up yeah. and 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 cuz i could see i saw that in him but he didn't see it right and getting him really worked up like almost i was fighting in there right and then when the fight started kind of telling him like Screaming at the sidelines, yes, really. And then him just like, just opening up on this dude. Yeah. Like two different fighters from round one to round two. And that got me so pumped up and, and happy and proud of him, you know? And so that's where I love, you know, bringing out the best in people and their performance. And that's why I cannot be not intense at a monitor. Otherwise, <laughs> we want that out of you. Yes. It's, it's why I asked you to be my, my workout buddy, my WOB. Because, yeah. when my I'm, wob. you know, when I'm on like you know, flight 99 and I got to make it to 100, he's telling me stories about some ancient monk in a tree. <laughs> and, and I'm like, yes, whatever it takes. You know? And that's like motivating. Yeah. It's, it's, infectious it's infectious but it's about where that comes from right the source of that and that is from a place of love and Mm, support and all of these really amazing qualities so the intensity is coming from that as opposed to someone who isn't secure who it becomes the sort of archetype of your demon director who is just a nightmare to be around and i i want to eradicate this idea of this lone genius and this like tortured artist and that we have to be terrible to each other to create art oh man so don't need it sorry real quick i worked on a project i was doing uh uh it was a favor for a group of friends they were doing their their project and director was a little bit amateur it was fine i was working with him and then uh the dp decides to give me a direction as well and i remember going <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry who, who are you 
<laughs> and they're like, oh, oh, I'm the DP. I'm like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. I just didn't know who you were. And this is so awkward. And because, and because I, and doing it in a way where everybody's like, oh, oh, I, I stepped, because you can't do that. You know what I mean? Especially during an amateur project because if mm-hmm. nobody tells them, they don't then, know. Yeah. They won't know. And for it's, the it's, it's almost like it's nur- It's accidentally nurtured because no one said that to them. And then 10 years pass and now they, this thing has like grown right. into this, this behavior that it's like somebody should have nipped it in the bud. Might come off like an a hole in the beginning, but it's but like we all need of, a strong, hey, need a- yeah, we all need a strong hand guiding us, right? To how things should be and that it doesn't have to be that way. Right. And I think it takes, that that courage and knowing like your place to be like wait sorry what? yeah exactly Just so i understand yep but i want to switch gears for a second where we are getting close to wrapping up and oh. one of the things i like to talk about on this show so the title of the show is life with kaka which is life with me but it really speaks to the messy parts of life right the messy parts of our journeys and i'm personally obsessed with this idea because of my own struggles with my own anxiety and my own cycles of like spiraling when I'm not working usually. And so I always like to talk to other creatives about, you know, just moments when you've had lulls in your career. What was it about that period of your life that kept you going? What were some of the things that allowed you to push through those challenges to get you here? Um, That is the question. Yeah, I think I've had a lot of those. A lot of it's to just um, because as I'm growing as a person in this industry, uh, I'm growing as an actor. I'm, I'm, you know, my my perspectives changed on so many things, and um, and so I've, I feel like I have what did I used to call them? Lol version of lol. I'd be like, be like, oh, I'm going through. Uh, I don't know. But yes, uh, a lull of sorts. And I feel like I – it's what the pro- producing sort of was born out of actually. Um, but a lot of what brings me out of it um, is just this this idea of expectation um, that I put on myself. Because I've been given so many great opportunities in my career, in my life in general, I feel like I should be, you know, the best at this or achieving that or, you know – um, this should have turned out like that. If I was a good actor, then this would have been, you know, I have all of these expectations mm-hmm. um, that I put on myself. And usually what gets me out of that sort of like funky time where I feel like I'm not doing the sort of work that I want to be putting out or, or not being fulfilled is uh, is just kind of realizing that I, I don't need to take it so seriously all the time. Like, that our jobs, although I do love and I'm 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 very passionate about what I do and I, I do take it very seriously, almost to a fault. And so sometimes what I have to do is sit back and relax and just be like, oh, girlfriend, you've got this. Like, what is stressing you out so much? Why do you have all of this expectation? Maybe if you just let it happen or talk to people or I mean I've done that a lot like I remember sitting down with Mary Howard at one point and just like trying to get inspired by something she said you know just talking to my friends or people that have gone through the same thing and just realizing that this is a moment I've got to like lean into it 
come out the other side and have confidence in my ability to do so. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, and I mean, you moved here really young too, right? Like from what I saw on Wikipedia, I don't know how true it is that you've been living on your own since you were 16. Is that true? Even younger. Yeah. I mean, I moved out here when I was like 10 or 11 and my grandmother would start moving back to South Carolina when I was like 14 and I was with family friends and stuff after the fact. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I've been out here for almost 20 years. Yeah. Interesting. This question brings out a lot of different thoughts in me. Yeah. Bring and them. I want all of them. I'm trying to simplify this yeah. for the people listening. So I'm going to do my best. In 2015, it was the longest period of time I hadn't worked since I first moved to LA. How long was that? Mm, almost a year. I think I did one commercial in between, but that was it. That was it. And for me, that was torture, torturous. And in 2016, I did book a pilot. It didn't go through. Some really horrible things happened. And my brother was moving out. And it was just a lot of stress all at once. It caused me panic attacks, anxiety attacks. And at a certain point, something happened. It snapped in my mind where I was like, no, I'm not going to let this uh, change my life in a bad way. I'm going to still be able to take care of my mom and dad uh, because, you know, they're getting older. And that's a dream of mine. And... I was like, nothing's going to stop me. I'm going to book something. And I'm the only, and then I was like, okay, what do I have control over in this business? And as an actor, and I was like, okay, I'm going to do acting like every single day. I'm going to have an acting partner every week where we do our scenes together and we're going to pick scenes and we're just going to run them over and over and over again. And I focused on that and I booked something and then something else, another pilot, which was for the people. And I kept staying in the class and I kept that kind of tenacity. And so I think for people who are facing that struggle in this in this career path, whether it be producing or acting, first and foremost, realize that you are not alone and that your feelings are not unique. Mm. You know? Truth. So that should make you feel better. And that people have not only gotten out of these problems, but thrived after them. And the majority of people who have done this have all done the same thing. They've taken control of the things they can control, and that is their ability, their technique, and focusing on that and doing it every single day and finding something you have to do and, and are accountable for every single day and working hard every single day because guess what? There's a secret to life, and I was reading this book, and it's about a surgeon who was telling another up-and-coming surgeon. He was uh, – the the young guy was like, I just I, – I don't have time to work out. Um you know, I I I, I want to work out afterwards or before, but either way, I'm going to be tired. Uh, or like, you know, he's like, I don't know when's the best time. And the surgeon just looked at him and was like, "Listen, you're going to be tired whether you do work out or whether you don't work out. So you figure it out." And I, that that to me was like, "Whoa, that's so true." Because you are going to be tired whether you are working all day long, you have your little hobbies, or you're doing acting, you're working, you're producing, or if you're just laying around in bed, you're still going to be like, <laughs> kind of like, oh, I feel a little tired today. It's it's just what it is. Mm -hmm. So making sure every day is worthwhile, and I'll end it with this. This is a fact. Every single one of us is going to die, and the only thing we have control over is whether we make every single day worth it. So if we're lucky enough to be on our deathbed, we can look back and go, you know what? I made the most of things and that can relieve our anxiety passing on. Cuz I think that's what most most people are afraid of. Dying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. you know, cuz Yeah. Anyway, that's what that, I I hope that. Yeah. I think it's funny yeah. how like the I and and by the way, this is like the epitome of our of our dynamic and friendship. I'm always like 
Yeah, I just try to give myself, you know, a break when I'm... <laughs> <laughs> and we say I'm his existential. Like just, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I just try to pat Practical. myself on the back and go like, it's okay, girl. Like, get through it. Tomorrow's another day. And we Sam's like, today's the day. It's now or never. You make it happen. Grab life by the... Balls. <laughs> you know. Can you imagine us raising a kid? It'd yes. be like the kids, like, ah, mom, dad. Which one is it? Yeah. Great team. Yeah. 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 No, there, there is, there is truth though to what you're saying, and uh, I think finding the appropriate time. Yeah, most, it's the micro, it's point. the micro macro, you know. Yeah. And you're, you're living in the ma- micro, and Weezem's all about the macro. Always. But the macro has a micro, hey, you know. I, I will say this. Say it. If I'm Working on a show for like months at a time, as soon as we wrap, whenever I want to take my vacation, I take, I want to take a nice vacation. I'm like the type of guy who was like, okay, let's go to Japan for like two weeks and chill. And he did it. So that's the kind of like mental state where when it's time to relax, I'll intensely relax. All or nothing. All or nothing. I love that. No, that's really good. I I think um, you guys said really great things and i that's part of why i started the show is a sense of feeling like we're all in this journey together and yeah. that it's all hard you know i had a acting teacher early on say that it's all hard you got to pick your heart you know all of the disciplines all of the things life is just hard it really is but you can just make the best of that experience every day you know what you don't you probably don't even know it. you hit on a huge buddhist saying what is it life is difficult and when you realize this, it no longer becomes as yes. difficult. Correct. Because it's all about your perception and how you're going to react to the things, right? That's all we can control is our reactions to the things that are happening. And then, you know, making sure we're showing up for ourselves and for others. This podcast has become like therapy for me because to talk to people, especially producers that I perceive to be on a pedestal who have it all figured out, you know, and hear them say, oh, no, I, I still don't know what I'm doing and I'm still figuring it out. It makes me feel less alone. No one's got the answer. People are always just figuring shit out as they go along. And we're all just doing our best. And the moment you realize that no one knows what they're doing, it's like the moment you know it's difficult. It's no longer difficult. You just know you can embrace it and that you can find your own path and you can thrive in in all of the challenges that come with it. So, right. yeah. So one last thing before we go, and I think you guys sort of touched on this, but it if there's any advice you would give to the listeners, um, I would say someone specifically perhaps who um, is an actor and wants to get into producing, wants to expand that part of themselves. Uh, what would you say? Uh, advice for producing or yeah. Did you listen to the question? No, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I meant like, I thought it was, uh, for everything or just- actors who want to maybe shift into producing i get this question a lot and it usually comes from actors who want to write their own thing and make a thing and be in the thing um but as two actors who just recently did the thing even though you weren't in the thing i'm just curious what advice you would give them for me what has been the most uh useful is talking to other producers to be honest with you like between mary howard and then also this other project i was on um this producer his name's Joe Macucci and he he helped me do so many things specifically for the music video I mean he was so great and trying to figure out um at one point we had a you know an actress who was in SAG after and we were going to be doing like a non-union so we had to figure out how to 
um, use her and go through the uni, all of that stuff. And he would just sit down with me and sort of break down like, okay, what do you need? This is how we're going to get it. And for me, like finding people who've done it before who can help you do it going forward is like so useful for me that's it's it's been talking to people and getting their experiences if you know anyone um but also just like do it just start making little movies with your camera phone you know like just see what happens and then figure out okay what were the challenges here what what do i need to know going forward or is this even good like how would i make it better you know asking yourself questions that'll help you improve the quality of your storytelling prepare have clear communication prepare be respectful, prepare, have a clear vision of the project, and prepare. Really big in, into preparation. Yeah. Give yourself the time to prepare. I think a lot of people make the mistake of underestimating how long everything takes, especially when it is a passion project. And I think having given yourself the month and a half that you did was the secret sauce to how that experience went for you guys. 100%. You know? Absolutely. So... Well, on that note, I mean, I'm, I I don't have any more questions. I mean, I do have a ton of questions, but I want to be mindful of people's times. Um, is there anything that you guys wanted to touch upon that I didn't hit? Oh, I feel good. Yeah, I feel really good. Yeah. Uh, message us, I guess, if you have questions on our social about producing. Oh, sure. Yeah. Right. Reach, or me. Reach out to us directly on Instagram, Britt L. Robertson. Yeah. <laughs> we Sam Keish. Yeah. And check out my radio show. Slash podcast, We Sam's World, every Thursday. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Just fun. Oh, my God, this was amazing. Thank you for your time. And that's this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in week after week and doing this life thing with me. I see you. I recognize you. The hustle is real. Keep it up. And if you like the show, please spread the word. Tell a friend. Tag a friend. Follow me on social media. I'm at Carolina Gropa. The show's at Life with Kaka. Would love to hear what you think. Thanks again for doing this life thing with me. And I'll see you next week. Beijos.